a very good afternoon. It is Niall Boylan, and I am with you. Sorry about that. I am with you right through to about one o'clock. Lots to get to, including your calls, which are the most important thing. Remember, of course, your calls, your texts, your WhatsApp is what keeps the show going on a regular basis every single day. It's your show, not mine. It's yours. It's an outlet for you to have your opinion, just like social media, just like everything else, but to have your opinion. And let's have a discussion and a debate about whatever the news of the day is. Now, we have avoided talking about RTE apart from once about a week and a half ago. But unfortunately, we have to come back to it again because it certainly is a story that just keeps giving and giving and giving. And for everybody, that story is dominated, of course, by the name Ryan Tuberty. Now, let's be clear about this and be ultimately clear. Ryan Tuberty has done nothing illegal. And that has to be made clear. And by the way, according to an Irish Independent poll, I think it was 41% of people said they would like to see him back on the air again. Now, we don't know whether Ryan Turberty will be back on the air again. We don't know whether Ryan Turberty will appear before the Public Accounts Committee and the Oireachta, should I say. Uh, he has been asked and invited by none less than the Taoiseach to appear, but so far, and thus far, hasn't. Um, he can be compelled to do so, I believe, according to the powers uh, by the Minister of Communications. But we will wait and see what happens in that respect. I don't know what he can add to the party apart from admitting, yes, I did get those payments. I mean, he's not the one who hid the payments. Um, it is an oversight on his behalf, and he's apologised for that, that he didn't declare it. Declare it to the public, in other words. I'm sure he's declared it in his taxes and everything else to his agent, Noel Kelly, but he didn't declare it to the public, and he would have known. It would be naive to suggest that he didn't notice 75000 extra in his wages each year. Of course he noticed it, and he would have noticed that that wasn't on public record because it would have been in the newspapers how much he earned, and he would have said, well, that's not how much I earn. I actually earn a bit more than that. I'm not on that level of money. I'm actually over 500000 So realistically, what he did was immoral, but was it illegal? Absolutely not, from what we know. Now, Matty McGrath is calling, of course, for the police to be brought in in relation to this. Matty McGrath has suggested he called on the Justice Minister, Helen McEntee, to direct the Garda's National Economic Crime Bureau to probe senior RT executives for potential fraud. Now, of course, the scope of the government-commissioned review of the governance and the culture at RTE is to now be widened. Ireland's media minister has said... Catherine Martin confirmed that the uh, the move as she arrived at government buildings on Dublin in Dublin yesterday morning. The terms of reference for the external review of the public service broadcaster are set to be signed off in cabinet, she said today. And RTE has been engulfed, as you well know, in this crisis now for the last week. It all started, of course, with the revelations that Ryan Tuberty was getting €345,000 worth of additional payments between 2017 and 2022. And then we have seen what has happened in the interim. So the question I'm asking you today is, I'm not going to go into all the ins and outs of it. We will play one or two little clips for you just to get the ball rolling. But I want to know from you, do you believe RTE is fit for purpose? When we look at essentially the board of executives, and I'm not talking about the staff who work hard in RTE, the board of executives and the top paid people. I mean, it's a mess. I mean, simple little things in the paper today, by the way, we see a picture of Dorian Gary who is a breakfast show or should I say presenter on RTE, and is a photographer eating a bowl of Flavin's quick oats, you know, smiling into the camera. Now you say that's a reasonably innocent photograph, and it is a reasonably innocent photograph, and I'm not too sure what the side deal is or how much she gets paid for doing that. And fair play to her. And fair play to Baz as well, Baz Ashwala, who came out as well and mentioned that he gets side deals. Um, Lottie Ryan, of course. 
pictured in the RTE car park with a car, which I'm assuming that she gets one as well. I mean, these are all side deals. And that's all well and good. There's nobody stopping people from making money. You're quite entitled to make money if you're a self-employed person. You're, you're not restricted to just making money from one source. And well done to them. I don't begrudge them that. But the problem is, when you're doing it in the RTE studio or the RTE car park without permission, according to RTE, that's a problem because you're using the RTE brand to make money. The RTE brand is owned by the taxpayer. So that has to be monitored. It has to be declared and it has to be declared to the general public. And there's always been that issue in RTE. And to give you a simple explanation of what I mean, for example, I work in Ireland's Classic Hits Radio. It's an independent radio station. Um, if we want to advertise my show, we have to go and we have to pay a newspaper to put a picture of me up and tell people when the show is on. So we have to pay for that advertising. But when RTE say want to advertise the Joe Duffy show, they can run an ad anytime they want on the biggest advertiser in the country, RTE, the national broadcaster paid by you, the taxpayer. So it's unfair. It's not a fair playing field when it comes to public service broadcasting and independent broadcasting. We, as Ireland's Classic Kids Radio, for example, when I'm working for them, we don't get any of your license fee. So we get none of your money unless we do some sort of home-produced Irish programme and apply to the Broadcasting Authority for a grant in relation to that, which would be rare. Most radio stations don't do that because it's just too much trouble. But getting back to RTE, is it fit for purpose? And do we need a national broadcaster? Because there are many countries in the world that don't have a national broadcaster. And there are some that solely rely on the licence fee, like the BBC. Now, I understand it's a bigger population, but I want to know what you think. 085 100 There's the number on the screen. 085 100 Do you believe RT is fit for purpose? And do we actually need a national broadcaster? Now, of course, what leaves a sour taste in people's mouth when you think of Ryan Tuberty getting that extra money was that very famous clip of Ryan Tuberty on The Late Late Show, of course, when he was suggesting we were all in this together. And I'll just run that clip for you there because, it, you know, it'll turn your stomach a little bit, I think, at this point. But have a quick listen to it. Have a quick listen. Well, our children are without schools and colleges. Our sports stadiums lie empty. Our concert halls are silent. And tens of thousands of you have lost your jobs. Yep. And many more are living in terror of becoming unemployed in the coming weeks as our economy comes under increasing strain. Yep. And I also know that many of you watching tonight have lost your incomes. Yep. You've lost your routines and your yep. security. And all has changed utterly. But... We surrender to self-isolation together, together, and we will share the emotional burden together. Together, and when this is over, we will celebrate together, together. and together, together we will lift each other back up. But for now, there's only one right thing to do: obey the, the rules. simple rules. The rules. Obey the rules. We're all of this together, emotionally and every otherwise. But cl clearly, we weren't financially in this together. Because at that particular time, it was clarified in the Oireachtas Committee that Ryan Turberty resisted a, reduce, a reduction in his wages like everybody else. And everybody in the country who was still working during COVID took a reduction in wages. I can tell you that everybody in the independent radio sector, as far as I am aware, and people that I know, all took a reduction in their wages, including me. Everybody took a reduction in their wages. Now, of course, in the Oireachtas Committee, it's probably the most entertaining television on RTE since the history of the state or since RTE started. I mean, it's sad that the investigation and the wrongdoings of RTE have become more popular than their programming itself. 
Uh, tomorrow, of course, there will be another Oireachtas uh, TV. There will be another Oireachtas committee, a PAC committee with the public accounts, should I say, public accounts committee, will be before the Oireachtas to answer more questions. But some of the questions, some of the highlights so far, before we get to our callers today, let's just have a little bit of a run-through of some of the highlights. Richard Collins, who's the Chief Financial Officer in Orchie, was asked, I thought this was one of the most entertaining parts of it, by the way, in a sad way, how much he earned. Now, remember, you're paying him, you're the taxpayer, it's public knowledge, and it is public knowledge. You can just contact RT by letter and freedom of information and find out exactly what his salary is. But have a listen to his reaction when he was asked how much he was paid. For, for the record, how much are you paid as, as Chief Finance Officer? <laughs> I think that's a private matter. You know, I think we're going to disclose our, our okay. we're going to disclose our earnings. We've been sorry, asked. Sorry, just sorry, just want to intervene here for a minute. The chair of the board said that all of those figures are going to be published. And given the fact that you're, you know, that you're in the, you're working for a public organisation, I would expect to hear that answer here today. The deputy has asked you, how much is your salary? I expect you to, I would expect you to answer that question. Rabbit in the headlights. Certainly a rabbit in the headlights. Now, he went on to, to struggle to answer that question. It went on for about 10 or 15 minutes of wasting taxpayers' time and everybody's time. Well, we could find out that information anyway but just didn't want to tell people he was earning over 200 grand as the Chief Financial Officer of RTE. Now, Brandon Griffin, the TD from Kerry, did want to know, did Ryan Tuberty know, you know, before he left the Late Late Show and handed in his resignation, that this was coming down the track? That was unclear, and I think still is unclear. Have a listen. Perhaps someone else in RTE knew before the 16th of March that there was a problem. So will you clarify that for me, please? I can clarify that because obviously it's material here. So I went and checked to find out um, the date uh, that Ryan Tuberty had a meeting with the Director of Content and it was, I think it was three or four days before uh, Patrick's Day. Um, definitely, because I looked. So he knew that this was coming, so... No, he didn't know it was coming. Oh. Yeah, he did not know so it was no coming. No one in RT knew before the 16th of March Ryan Tuberty makes this announcement out of the blue. And then following the... Just by coincidence, on a public holiday. Well, if you think about it, the um, so when it was discovered, that was uh, obviously uh, by the orders, there was something unusual going on. That was the beginning of a process. So Ryan Tuberty wouldn't have been aware that um, these invoices, which were lawful, by the way, from, from his point of view, uh, had been uh, discovered. Did anyone here... Have any contact to know anything about the invoices before the 16th of March? Can I just say on no. that, uh, Deputy, that what was raised by the auditors in, in, uh, with Anne on the 17th of March was about two payments. We had no idea who or what these okay. were about. So just to clarify, nobody here had any contact or knew anything about this before the 17th of March? No. No, okay. no everyone? We, we, we leave no that for the moment. Okay. okay. So, uh, so second of all, D4. Okay, you can finish that one, sorry. And, but later, it emerged in the Oireachtas Committee when they were asked again, was there a possibility that Ryan Tuberdee knew before it became public knowledge, of course, that these payments were under question? Adrian Lynch, the Deputy General of RTE, answered it was possible. But yet, there, he suggested it wasn't possible. So it's kind of hard to know what to believe anymore. And then, of course, Brendan Criven, TUD, who I have to say done a sterling job in the Oireachtas Committee, basically said that RTE and the chief executives and the board had no regard for the public. Have a listen. 
Did anyone on the board flag that actually maybe there would be some public scrutiny deserved by the people on this and that having the DG still in situ to answer questions would be a good idea? Did anyone think of that? No. Was, it, was that raised by anybody at the board? We didn't talk about that, no. Didn't talk about that, because we don't matter to you, and that is the bottom line. The people don't matter I, to you. I don't think that's And fair. the fact is, ten weeks ago you were before our committee, asked a number of questions, you didn't even come back to us since then. That's how much regard you have for the Oireachtas, that's how much regard you have for the people, and I think your, your actions this I week in seeking the resignation and accepting the resignation sum that up. Well, I don't know if their positions are even tenable after that kind of suggestion that they have no regard for the general public. And we're just playing you some of the highlights of the Oireachtas for those who missed it during the week. And Imelda Munster, TD, asked Richard Collins, the Chief Financial Officer, if he could remember what the 150000 was for. Now, remember, this is the Chief Financial Controller and Officer of RTE. is a public body. He's the one who looks at all the invoices coming in and should know what everything is for. And when he was asked, 150,000, this is not 150 euro. If somebody said 150 euro, it might be for a set of headphones or something, you wouldn't know what that'd be for. This is 150,000 euro of your taxpayers' money. And this was his response. Noel Kelly was advising RTE he was advi he was how you deal with yeah. agents during COVID. Yeah, during COVID. And he, he was, was getting 75,000 yes. of a fee for that. So... What advice did he give? I don't know exactly oh, what right. advice he gave. So you didn't ask, you're the chief finance officer. There's 75,000 euro, um, or two payments of 75,000. Deloitte flagged it up with you that there was concerns about it. You spoke to the director general. She said, oh, it's in relation to Noel Kelly giving advice about agents during COVID. And we'll hear about the detail of what exactly that entailed. And you thought, okay, that's worth one hundred and fifty thousand. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think that so was what, worth one hundred and fifty thousand at the time. What did you learn from that one hundred and fifty's worth that you thought? Can't remember exactly what. Oh, what, it must have wasn't value for money it. then, if you can't remember it. So I can't remember exactly. Oh, come what on, one hundred and fifty thousand. You gave the nod for. And you I can't didn't give remember. the nod. No, sorry, let me clarify that. I never gave the nod but for But you this. didn't ask finance questions as finance officer. You didn't ask questions about value for money, oversight. What's this hundred... If, there weren't, if it wasn't about agents, what was it about? It was to do with how RT was structured during COVID. Right, just give one sentence about what that entails. That the executive it, it, board didn't have the knowledge of or didn't no. have the expertise about... Just it was advice that the Director General had received on how RT structured itself and presented itself during COVID. Now, I can't say any more than that because... No, he didn't want to say anything. He could stop that. He didn't want to say any more than that because he knew he was already deep into it at that stage. 150,000 on the invoices was COVID consultancy. What, what does that even mean? So what, does Noel Kelly come in and say, right, everybody needs to wear masks, stay two metres apart from each other, this is how we do programmes without an audience? I, I don't know. What did you get for that 150000 He doesn't actually know. And he's the financial controller of the radio station. And he didn't know what he was getting for that money. So it kind of led to the question then, did Ryan Turberty and Noel Kelly have too much power with an RTE? Because, of course, Noel Kelly uh, is a representative and an agent for many of those people who work in RTE. And of course, he has also been called before the Oireachtas Committee. But that question was asked of Adrian Lynch, Deputy General, uh, and here's his response to in how much power they had. 
how did you allow one man and his agent become bigger than RTE? Because one man who was refusing to take a pay cut in the real sense and to appease him, RTE ran off to find someone who would pay him and then pretend to everyone that he was taking a pay cut while secretly making up to him channeling money from a sponsorship deal. And as a result of this, this man and his agent being bigger than RTE through this side deal have now jeopardised the reputation, the integrity and the trust with the public. Was he worth it? Just to answer that, I mean, firstly, just to say I'd like to apologise on behalf of the exec board for what is a clear breach of corporate governance for lack of uh, transparency. I think when you go to the substantive issue of what has occurred here, um, and I have looked at this over the last seven days, the chair has asked me to stand up and be the deputy director general. Uh, in terms of this particular arrangement, commercial deal, the guarantee and the underwriting of it is absolutely critical. So on May the 7th, 2020, um, a guarantee was verbally given uh, in relation to the fact that um, if the sponsor uh, fell out, that RTE would pay Ryan Tuberty. That's all we need to know. RTE would pay Ryan Tuberty. And my final clip, I have to say, I think it was one of the best ones. And it's quite a short clip. And it's Matty McGrath. And there was a difficulty in understanding what Matty was saying. But what I want you to focus on was, Matty was asking about the loyalty. You know, who were you loyal to? But they misheard him and thought he said, who are you lying to? Watch their faces. It says it all. Because you can get away with it. It's what it appears to me. So who, I'll ask again, who are you lying to? Who, who, who are you supposed to sell to? Can I just ask one question? To who are you to about what? Lyle to. Lyle. Loyal to. Loyal Sorry. To. I didn't right. accuse you of lying. Loyal, loyal, loyal. Well, that was a close one. Oh. Yeah. Look at the smiles on their faces when they realise that's not what he was actually saying. He was saying loyal. That's what makes it so good. The relief on their faces because they genuinely thought he was saying lying. And it's clear over the last week there's a lot of lying has gone on. Now, we're going to take some of your calls. And uh, the number is 085. 122255. That's 085 122255. It's on the screen. You can WhatsApp us. If you WhatsApp, if you want to come on the, in the air and talk to us, do WhatsApp that number and uh, they will call you back. All right, our team will call you back. That's 085 122255. Let me go to Tony. Tony, how are you? Hello, Noel. Good afternoon. How are you? Good. I mean, right, so the real question is, we know it's a shambles. We know there's skullduggery going on. We know there's hidden payments. We know there's people being paid too much money. But is RTE fit for purpose? Do we still need it? And do we need a national service broadcaster? No. To all of them questions. No to all and of those questions. Thing, okay. And the whole thing should be cleared out and start all over again. And please, God, and just make a subscription only and then see how they survive in the big bad world. But here's the thing. And then Let, let's be clear, Tony. They won't down. survive. It, it, RTE no, loses millions. No. They lose millions every single year. And I want to be fair, right? Their biggest losses are TG Cahar, Radio Nagueltuk, Lyric FM. They're big losses because they don't have massive audiences. But TG Cahar is a public service for those who speak Irish. 
Now, if you were to run it commercially, RTE commercially, as other independent radio stations do, you would have to scrap all three of those because they wouldn't be viable. Would that be fair to people? If it's to be scrapped, if it's to be scrapped, if it's not viable, if it's not commercially and economically viable, it should be scrapped. Because the taxpayer definitely shouldn't be paying. The whole thing has been a shit show now. The whole thing from start to finish, they've all lied through their teeth. But just like they've went in the this committee, and as you said, but just like their faces were... It was priceless looking at their faces. When, when Matty McGrath said that, yeah. They're not used to answering questions. Yeah, yeah. They're not used to answering questions. When the questions... 150 grand into financial controller, and he just doesn't know where it went or what it was for. I don't know. He's the financial controller. Like, there's people in... Like, there's people in businesses, and they have to account for 150 euros. Absolutely. It's 150 grand, and he sits up there and has the gall to go... Well, no, I don't know what it was for. I don't, really, I don't really know what it was for. I didn't question it. Yeah, I, didn't, I don't even know what it was for. Yeah, but he, and he thought... Question, he's done over 200 grand a year. He thought he it was COVID consultancy. That's well, what's COVID consultancy? I've, but what seemingly COVID Noel Kelly was the COVID was consultant. The yeah, I'd be a COVID what consultant. What for COVID? Now, you might not be happy with the way RT tackled COVID-19, and I accept that. And a lot of people are not happy with the way they pushed different things. And now, in hindsight, when we look back, many of that stuff was completely unnecessary and made no difference. And RTE, and what I've said during the week was RTE have done a brilliant job investigating themselves and covering this news of themselves, in fairness, because the staff have an axe to grind, so they're very good at doing it. And I'm saying it's an awful shame they weren't that good during COVID-19 and challenging the government. Uh, and you are right in, re- in relation to that. And I do they believe... They didn't challenge the government 1%. They didn't get any tra- any sign of a dissenting voice wasn't allowed on RT and all. The only one, in fact, was yourself who had a dissenting voice and had the... Uh, I think it was... Freely was the doctor's name you brought on. He lost his job. That's right, yeah. Yeah, he did. He because he job. had a different opinion. Anyone that even had a differing opinion. And this is the hate speech. Well, can, well, can I say something to you, Tony? I, I, and I put this yeah. up on Twitter the other day, and I got a bit of, I'm going to be honest, I got a bit of a bad reaction from a few people who didn't fully understand what I, what I kind of meant, right? And I'm going to say it publicly again. I've met Ryan on a few occasions. Um, I was a guest on The Late Late Show on one occasion. Um, I met him. I was out doing another show at another stage, uh, occasion, and I met him. I talked to him out at Dublin Airport when we were doing an outside broadcast at the same time. And I'm going to say this. He's a really... I know. I know. I've read your tweet. I know. Look, no, 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 and I want to be fair. He's an actually... He's a very nice man. He's a really nice guy. But but hang on. No, let me finish. I'm not forgiving what he has done by saying that. You know, and I do believe in life. We all go down the wrong path sometimes. We make mistakes. We make the wrong decisions. I don't know whether that should define the rest of our lives and careers. Make some wrong decisions. If you make wrong decisions, put your hand up. He hasn't put his hand up. Well, he did. Well, he he hasn't. And you're right. He needs to come out. He did. He did apologize last week for his oversight, as he called it. That was the word that I used in the tweet as well. I only followed his word, by the way. That was the word he used. Politician, look, when a politician is caught with his pants down, he comes out and he says it was an error of judgment. But in relation, let's focus on what we're talking about, which is the money. He should come out and he should say, because the public perception is that everybody else took a pay cut while he didn't. 
And that line that he spouted off at the start of the Late Show, Late Show, we're all in this together. Clearly, financially, we weren't all in this together because Ryan was actually getting, uh, he says he got a pay cut, but he actually got his money topped up. So you could, you could argue, and the public perception is that that was greed. And I'm not going to disagree with that. That could be perceived as greed. And he should apologize for that. But I, I don't know what and more no, he can add to the conversation. The things, no, all right, no, uh, but just like honestly, but like, and this is how I feel. Like in the bigger scheme of things, I think the seventy-five thousand or the hundred and fifty thousand extra he got is totally irrelevant. Well, it was this more. It was three hundred and forty-five thousand over four years. Yeah, go. Yeah. Uh, well, even three hundred and forty-five thousand for the deception and the loyalty told to the public. That's bigger. Okay, so so you're you you're more upset with the way RTE and Ryan Turberty treated people during COVID nineteen. Every single thing is every single thing is every single thing like that a public figure shouldn't be. Okay, okay, no, I no, I accept that, and a lot of people would agree with you. Some would disagree with you, and you know, for a light entertainment show, which is what the what the late late show should be. Um, they shouldn't have been going on about COVID all the time and they shouldn't have been doing what they were doing. Show. No, yeah. It was a propaganda show. It was a propaganda show. That's what it was. And I would have a small bit of respect for him if he came out, put his hands up and says, I oh, know, I'm sorry, I had to go along with this, but the money was great. And I just went along with it. All right. Okay, Tony. Okay. No, I get you. I get you, Tony. Uh, let me just go to Sharon as well. Sharon, how are you doing? Going forward, Sharon, is RT fit for purpose? Not as it is, no, Niall. It needs to be scrutinised and some things dismantled. Um, I don't see why the government can't also fund other stations that have brilliant presenters like yourself. I don't see why. Oh, thank they you can't. very much. You know, but it's true. You know, I mean, during COVID, you know, um, you you were very tuned into because you were balanced and RTE scared the life out of everyone at the six o'clock news with the death reports and everything. Like, I know of people that were on their own who had nobody to talk to, um, lived alone, and they were just so broken down by it all, you know? It wasn't uplifting in any way, shape, or form. And the Late Late Show as well, I mean, that needs to go because it needs to be more entertaining. It's not entertaining dragging the same celebrities out all the time. Yeah. Yeah, there's a limit to how many times you can see Daniel O'Donnell and be entertained, isn't there, really? But the Irish people love music. We've great talent in this country. You know, make it a show that's, that's a lot to do with music, comedy. Well, the old, do you remember the old Late Late Show with Gay Byrne? I know I'm going back in time a little bit, right? But with Gay Byrne, where he'd have the guests, he'd keep them on their sofa, so to speak, or behind the desk, and then he'd go to the audience and take questions from the audience. Then they'd take callers. Do you remember they'd take phone calls during the show from yeah. the members of the public? Yeah, that, it was a much better type of show. It was much more entertaining from that point of view. It kept you hooked. It kept you hooked. Mm. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, do we need a national broadcaster? Some countries don't have national broadcasters, by the way. It's all independent radio and television. Do you believe we need a national broadcaster? Is it important? Possibly, possibly not. Uh, I'm not qualified to really answer that without knowing, you know, the, the full facts of everything. But I think there's a possibility that maybe, maybe we don't need it. Mm -hmm. You know, we have some other very good stations in this country. And uh, they, they paid fast and loose RTE with our money, with the taxpayers' money. And it's very easy to pay for fast and loose with other people's money. 
you know. And the only the only thing I would say is, you know, I mean, there has been a great benefit to RTE. Firstly, with live coverage and sporting coverage, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, although that's open for debate at the moment too. I hate sport. Anyway, yeah, I, I, I don't watch sport myself. Anyway, but the other things was. If you remember, you know, like the, the scandals and the exposés of prime time of the elderly in the old folks' homes, of the children in the creches, of different scandals that were exposed, in fairness, by primetime investigates. You know, I mean, they're good shows and, and they're worth the money. You know, things like Love Hate, which was we purchased, um, um, Kin, which was purchased there more recently. Good, I mean, if that's the type of thing you like, they're good shows. So you would lose out on a lot of that kind of stuff because that has to be paid for. And you wouldn't, you couldn't uh, pay for all of that based on advertising alone. You just couldn't. Yeah, fair enough. They are very good shows. Mm. But it just needs to be scrutinised. And it needs to, that guy there, you know, in the Oireachtas, it does need to be scrutinised um, what that money was paid for. Specifically. COVID consultants. You know, he does have to, yeah, but they need to, that's not a good enough answer. That, the way, that invoice you know, went to two different people and neither one of them questioned it. Yeah, well, maybe it'll come up again next Wednesday until it's answered properly. Mm -hmm. And at a time, of so course, when RTE like, were struggling for money, you had top executives heading off to the World Cup in Tokyo with their husbands. And, and that was funny, yeah, actually, when she was asked, did she bring her husband on this junket, which essentially is what it was, a paid-for by the taxpayer junket to the World Cup or in, in Tokyo... Um, she said she couldn't remember. Now, how would you not remember if you brought your husband? Like you went to Tokyo. That's a dream holiday. How would you not remember if you brought somebody with you? That just see. It's, Look, I'm surprised. It, yeah. Nobody have questioned this a long time ago. We we even when we knew the figures coming out every year, what they were being paid, you know, was too high. It was ridiculous money. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is. Ridiculous. It was bound to. It was bound to happen sometime. You know. Stay there for a second. Let me go to Norman as well. How are you doing, Norman? Hello, Niall. How are you doing? That yourself? Good. Now, it says on my screen, Norman, to remind you as well, because you had a lot to say uh, <laughs> on, the, on the phone. You're and a terrible memory. Yeah, so, so very disappointed with RTE for decades. In Holland, they had a very different setup, which is, by the way, where you lived a lot of your time. And they had a different setup, which is much better, so the public have a choice. Uh, and you basically believe they were a spokesperson during COVID for Neffet. Exactly, yeah. Okay. I think the last two callers have more or less summed it up or said what I was going to say uh, about the, the they're, they're an arm of they're a propaganda arm for the government and for NEFID and they were scaremongering people, fighting people to death, spreading misinformation and not enough information that was out there. They weren't challenging the information you believe? They didn't challenge, no, no. And, and you know, for me I, I've long given up watching the Late Late Show. Uh, I'm not a fan of Turbidy. Or the other top ten guys are getting yeah. huge amounts of money, and and as the other person said, there is a lot of talented people out there in Ireland, but mm. you know they don't get a chance to. to they, they well, it, it does people. seem like a boys' club, you know, like it's like a club, yeah. RTE, and and we've yeah. seen that, and we've seen the nepotism throughout the years, you know, brothers and sisters of people getting jobs there, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and that's well known in the media industry, by the way, that it's it's kind of like yeah. it's very it's clicky. It is, it is. It's particularly to Ireland because we're an island, so we're kind of, we have that kind of, uh, what do you call it, that's the word for it, that you don't see in other countries where there's more people, there's more chances given to people. And like I said, in Holland, mm -hmm. you, you, you have different, uh, like the Faye Bureau, or the, uh, you have Dan West, which is the state podcaster, 
but they don't get involved in commercial things. And the same in Denmark, you have the year one or two, but they don't get involved. Yeah, see, when, when you have a state broadcaster taking advertising, and uh, the BBC don't, obviously, um, because they have a bigger yeah. population, this then becomes a conflict of interest, doesn't there? Do you know sure, what I mean? It, sure. it's like, it'd be difficult, say, for prime time to do a program about a particular brand of car that might have a problem if that brand of car is advertising with the television station. Do you understand? So it becomes a conflict of interest. You can't escape it. Like, I mean, the, the idea that they went to Tokyo for 111,000 and two, two RTE and four guests, and they can't even remember who they were, like you said. Well, I, well, I couldn't believe she couldn't remember if she brought her husband or not. I mean, that's... Uh, <laughs> now, mind you, the Daily Mail the next day printed a picture of her and her husband on the trip to Tokyo. So she did bring him. Yeah. But the fact that she, in, in the Oroxics Committee, said when she was asked, did you bring your yeah. partner with you? And she said, I can't remember. I mean, who wouldn't yeah. remember if you brought your husband yeah. on the holiday of a lifetime? Do you know what I mean? Who doesn't remember yeah. that? You know? Exactly. I think that you, you should be charged on the best oh, day. Imagine somebody saying to me, Niall, on your holidays last year, did you bring Karen with you? And Chase, yeah. I, can't, I, can't, I can't remember whether I brought her with me or not. I mean, oh, for God's sake. But on holiday last year, oh, did. Yeah. yeah. I think she killed you. I said, you, what, you couldn't remember I was there. You'd have a bird with you. And you got home. But, but it just goes to show you how, how they're before the Roxas Committee, the cat's out of the bag, but they're, they're still willing to try and deceive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. I, I think that's symptomatic not only of RTE, but of a lot of things in our country. Uh, you see, like the National Children's Hospital. Yes. 25 people on the board. Now, if anybody knows about project management or for Prince 2, which I've studied myself, uh, you have three people. You don't have 25 people on the board. Yeah. Possibly. You couldn't run a, a board a project uh, management for 25 people. It's just impossible. You have three people, even yeah. one project manager. I mean, so the whole thing is. Yeah. Sharon, yeah. but, but sorry, just back to Sharon. Sharon, do you believe, because I know Senator Ronan Mullen believes that RTE, mm. you know, the top 10, should have their salaries capped at the same as a TD, which would be 195, I think is the cap, or 200, whatever it is. Do you believe salaries should be capped? Because RTE will argue, well, then how are we supposed to pay for this big talent? Yeah, I, I think they should be capped. But I think it will die out anyway now, because the next generation are going to pick and choose what they like. We grew up with RTE because it was the only thing we had. But the next generations are picking from everywhere. I just watched a fabulous uh, show on Netflix uh, starring Dominic West, and it was an incredible show, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I think people, that's the way it's going to go. You know, the younger people aren't going to pay for that. No, and, and I, you know, I'd say this to both of you, that the whole new model of subscription, um, which is the Netflix, Amazon, Disney+, Plus, that's not going to work for RTE because if RTE was subscription only, they're not going to make a bean. Um, because people are, <laughs> with the greatest respect, unless it's just for sport or, you know, a small subscription for particular programs, but people are not going to pay, you know, eight ninety nine a month to watch RTE. I can tell you it's straight off the bat. They struggle as it is to get 40 cents a day for a television license. So there's not a chance they're going to get that. Mm. So it'll never work as a subscription-only station unless they offer an awful lot more. And with a small population like Ireland, to get that, even at a subscription of 8 99 a month, they're never going to be able to afford to offer more. I mean, Netflix, you have to understand, is a, a worldwide company with massive amount of money. Should they make their own movies now, for God's sake? You know, and the same goes for Disney Plus and all the rest of them, Paramount and a few other ones that are out there. But RTE are not yeah. in that league anymore. They're just, RTE have fallen behind when it comes to technology. Should they have their digital uh, radio? Did you even know that, by the way, Sharon? 
No, no. I so didn't. you've RTE gold, you've or kids RTE, whatever it's called. I couldn't tell you what it's even called. And the problem is, there's very few people in Ireland have a radio that picks up DAB. It's called DAB radio. So there's very yeah. few, I mean, DAB was a kind of big thing in the UK. It kind of took oh, off in the UK. It oh, never really took oh, off in oh, Ireland. Oh, you know what I mean? So, but most people don't even know. Norman, did you know that RTE have digital radio? I did. I've, I've two digital, two dab radios. I have you. But uh, you're I one. Of, you're one of the very few, by the way, who have them. One of the very. I know. I know. But they they've actually uh, killed off a number of the stations, so it's it's kind of uh, dead in the water now. But I mean, you got people so, there working on those stations, being paid thousands presenters, and nobody's actually listening to it. Nobody listening to. Them. But you look at the, the presenters, as you were saying there, you should cap it at a hundred thousand. Yeah. 150,000 max, anybody who's working for RT, anybody. And to think that these people are talented or somebody's going to pick up Turbidy, who in their right mind would pick up somebody like that? Well, no, well, nobody, well, whatever about wanting to pick them up, nobody is going to pay a presenter in independent radio nearly 500,000 euro for one hour a day or anywhere, or anywhere close to that. Or even in, in, in Germany or Denmark or France, they wouldn't get that money. No. Alone, uh, you know what I mean? No okay. Okay. Well, yeah, no, it's a lot of money, isn't it, for a for a one hour show every day? Let me just. Well, let me just go to Denise. Denise, how are you doing? Hi. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Or afternoon. Yeah. I. I just. I'm a little bit at odds with a lot of your callers. I think today. I. I. I do feel we should have a public uh, service broadcast. I think it's important that the people of a country feel confident that the news that they receive is accurate, impartial. Unbiased. Unbiased, impartial, yeah, whatever. That it's it's. Uh, now I'm not saying that it always is. I'm I'm absolutely not saying that, but I think that's what we should aspire to, to having a public service broadcast where we get in-depth investigations into crashes, nursing homes, public anything, scandals, yes, anything that's dodgy in our in our, yes. our, our society. And, and, and by the way, I do believe prime time generally have done a good job of that. By the way, can I point out? Yes, yeah. yes. I, I, I mean, I, I just like some of the changes they've made to prime time. I, I think it's less forensic and less coherent. Yes, than I would agree. Be, but there you go. That's just me. Um, now, I personally have to say I adored Ryan Tupperty's shows. I loved his radio broadcast. I loved his version of the Late Late Show. I can't deny it. I would be useless. He, he sort of spoke from a place where I felt I understood. Okay. I, I understood him. I loved his love of reading. As I am a reader myself, I don't expect everybody to love the same things. So I can't stand up and say, oh, he was worth every penny he was paid because to some people he was probably maybe not their choice at all. So the, the stars, as they're called, I suppose there wouldn't be a Ryan Tupperty show or a Claire Byrne live show without those stars. So they would, you would naturally expect that they would earn more than the background people. I would expect, Niall, that you would earn more than the, your researchers or yes. your juicer or whatever, because you are the star. So well, I, well, I've never, I well, hang on now, with, with respect to these, I've, I've, when I work with people uh, over the years, I've had four or five, six producers over the last 12 years in, in saying classic hits, for example. I don't consider myself a star. And I think the producers that work with me and worked with me and researchers and interns that we've had in from colleges and stuff like that would always say, I'm very grounded. I'm, I don't have an ego. I don't walk around like I own the place or demand that things are done so in that scripts. That may be the case. But, but it's a different, we, we have a different culture in independent radio. 
you're the face of it. You're the person that people are tuning in to listen to. Now, whether the opinions that you uh, express are your own or whether somebody's handing you little bits of paper saying, say this, say that. Nobody's ever done that to me. I, <laughs> Never. Well, I, I, you're, you're too fluent for it to be the case. But, you know, the reason people listen is because you're presenting. The reason people listen to Ryan Tuberty was because he was presenting. Now, on the other hand, I have to say, in the case of public service broadcasting, the RTE is probably the brand and that a huge amount of the population of Ireland would actually tune in to RTE, whether it was Ryan Tuberty or Jerry Ryan or Niall Boyle. Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the incumbent broadcaster, yes. With RTE. Yeah. So, and now, the other thing I have to say in relation to the RTE coverage of COVID, I'm in a little bit of a rush, so I'll get to this quickly. Okay. At the time, I can remember being here in lockdown by an absolute fluke of good nature and wonderful karma. My daughter and her little twin boys of a year old were in lockdown and her husband were in lockdown with us. They had a broken boiler and had just moved in for right. a few days. So you were all in it together, so to speak, literally. We were all in it together for three months and it was delightful. Mm. We listened to all the broadcasts. We took great care with cleaning and washing our produce, wearing our masks. Do, do you understand what people so are saying? And I, I know you're rich for time, but do you understand what people are saying? And a lot of people have the view that firstly, the Late Late Show should not have been the vehicle to push the masks, the social distancing, uh, the vaccines or whatever it was. That, that the Late Late Show was a light entertainment show and it should have stuck and being good at what it's good at. That's uh, true, but they have a wide audience. Mm -hmm. I think they were kind of trying. It was a very serious concern. But there was some very silly stuff went on. Denise, you know, even on Claire Byrne, you know, you had professors sewing masks on sewing machines in inflatable bubbles, hairdressers with people inside gadgets. We now know in hindsight that the virus itself, and we knew, by the way, after about four months, we had a fair idea of the mortality rate of the virus, that thankfully it wasn't as dangerous as we initially thought. Thank God. Um, but we had a but fair my, idea. Uh, sorry, I don't want to cut across you here. But uh, looking at a league table of nations, do you not think for a small little country with very limited resources at the time, because we were woefully unprepared with our PPE and masks and such in our hospitals, that we came out of this virus extremely well? We lost well, fewer people. Well, well, you have to base that on population size. And if you look at the evidence that's now being presented, well, the research and evidence that's now shown that Ireland had the second longest lockdowns in the world, by the way, and the evidence has now shown that our lockdowns really did made little or no difference whatsoever to countries who had lesser restrictions or indeed no lockdowns and restrictions uh, and limited restrictions. Now, it really didn't make a huge amount of difference. In other words, some scientists were right. The virus is going to spread no matter what you do. Uh, we, it just takes time for it to move on, uh, just like every other virus that we've ever got through through the history of time. Uh, thankfully, this one wasn't as dangerous as we initially thought it was going to be. So we were all very lucky in that sense that for those over the age of 70, it was more dangerous than the flu. For those under the age of 70, it was less dangerous than the flu. So thankfully, uh, we we didn't lose as many people as we initially predicted. I mean, if you remember the initial predictions where 100,000 people would die within a year, thankfully that didn't happen. And nowhere close to that. And we knew that after about six months of investigation, of scientific research, of data being compiled. So we probably went a little bit over the top. Yeah, well, I have to say, 
I mean, I, I, I know people who were lost to that virus who were under 70 and, you know, they're not coming back from anywhere. And I yeah. do think that, yeah, I know I... that RTE took due precautions in the light of okay. mass international ignorance of the consequences. I think they did their very best on it and I thought it was okay. one of their prouder moments. Well, no, no, I, well, I will accept your view of that too because I've accepted other people's view that they went over the top as well. So I accept your view and that's what it's all about. Everybody has a different view of it. But um, if you could stay there for a second because, James, you have a different view, clearly. Absolutely. Now, can I just ask Denise one very quick question? Does she have anybody working in RT or has she ever worked or is anything to do? Well, no. Do I've, never, I've never had anything to do with So when I was a teenager, I did appear on... Uh, what would you say? I don't think that counts. Some kind of a, one of these discussion programs when I was at school. But you've no, you've no, you've no, no affiliation. But James, James just because somebody, well, hang on, James, do be fair. Just because somebody supports the national broadcast doesn't mean they have to have an affiliation to it. I'm just curious now because, like, every, everybody else, no one else on here seems to have, and she seems to. I just, it's just a legitimate question. Just, I just want to know where she's come from. If she says she has nothing I'm, to do with I, them, well, I, 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 I'm just. A, a very ordinary person. I'm, I'm 72 years of age. I'm retired myself from my previous occupation. Of um, you don't have to I give have us all that information, I, I, I just, I'm just telling you now. I mm. just, I'm not, I'm not, never willing to go along with the prevailing view. Sorry. So before, well, before I, just sorry, before I finish with James. Sorry, before I finish with James, Denise, can I ask you one more question? Do you believe the extra money that was given to Ryan Turberdy? was uh, motivated by greed? Well, the, the person who was giving it was not obviously not motivated by greed. Uh, my stance on it is if I'm working in a job and if my employer thinks I'm worth paying X, Y, or Z amount of money to, I have somebody negotiating on my behalf. The employer offers, the negotiator negotiates. I just accept delightedly the more I think, I think, I think everybody would in that and situation, I think but a human being in this country would do exactly absolutely, the same. absolutely. I mean, but but Denise, when everybody else around you and all the other staff that are working with you are all being asked to take a pay cut, and you're asked to take a pay cut, and you resist that pay cut, and you get to go. Did he not take a pay? Did he not take a pay cut? Off no. Well, realistically, no, he didn't. Well, no, realistically, I he did. It might have been an across the board. I, well, I don't know because I know nothing about the. Well, he, he says he took a pay cut, but his pay was then, I suppose, technically he took it a pay cut. Up. Yes, it was topped up by a side deal. Yeah. So he didn't really take yeah. a pay cut. No, and and okay, maybe that's a little bit greedy, but I don't. I think the people in RTE who gave it to him are the people who should who shouldn't have. Okay. Well, 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 hang on. Well, well, let me just. Okay. Which I don't believe he did. Okay. Let me just come to James because I was I spent a lot of time, Denise, and I wanted to be fair and balanced, and that's why I left you on for so long. Because, but stay there, stay there, Denise. James, sorry, go ahead. What did you want to say anyway, very quickly? Yeah. No. No. It's not. The whole thing is not fit for purpose. Like. As, as they keep going on, that they're, they're just they're constantly in debt all the time. So a very, very simple solution to that is, right, number one, the minister should call in the entire board and fire them. Now, ask them to resign. They should all be fired today. Brought in and said, look, you are telling lies. You should be fired, the lawyers. The fact that the chief financial officer, who I assume is a qualified accountant, doesn't know, number one, how much he's earning. I'm a taxi driver in Isle. I know how much I'm earning. You're a radio presenter. You know how much you're earning. He's a qualified accountant, I assume. He should know exactly how much he's earning. He just didn't want to come out with it, and it was dragged down. With re reference to the so-called stars on on the RTA, talent, the talent, the yeah, fact, yeah, the talent, yeah, mm, the mm. talent, and 
I'm doing air comments here at the moment. <laughs> it's just, it's just. I can guarantee you one thing: if any of them were working, in, say, in the UK for the BBC, they wouldn't be working because people wouldn't listen. People would just say, "I'm not listening." Like you take Joe Duffy, right? It's the same crap every day. Mary rings up from Monaghan complaining. You can't get the fire brigade out. No, to be fair, look, it might not be my cup of tea every single day, but the show does well. The ratings are good in comparison. You know, I mean, I, there's an audience there. I'm, I'm not going to deny Joe is not my cup of tea either. But in saying that, if, he gets an audience. There's an audience that listens to him every day. Well, he only gets it now. He only gets an audience because it's countrywide. If he, if he, there's a fair argument is he being paid too much money. Is, yeah, there's a yeah, fair... If he, it, well, if he was working for a Dublin radio station that would only, you know, work in Dublin, he would be unemployed in two weeks because people would say, I'm not listening to this crap and not be made. But that, well, that's, right. it, well, that's your view of it. Okay, all right, okay. Right, what what, what she do is the minister should get some Lee Road, she'd call in the board and say, right, listen, this is the only way we're doing this, is firing the lobbyists. I'm going to take over RTA, I'm going to bring in a new board and we're going to pay you all 100,000 or we're going to pay you what you are actually worth. We're not going to pay... The likes of Joe Duffy, 330 grand or something he's getting. Claire Bourne, 230. Never mind that cabbage that does be on a Saturday and Sunday. Brendan <laughs> okay, well, you, you obviously don't like him. That's fine. They, there's no, there's no, anyway, there's right. no need for but, the name call. But what they, what they should do with Sibley Dennis is do exactly what TV3 did, was um, sell off the campus at, at Donnybrook. Could you imagine what that site is worth? I'd say there's at least, at the moment, probably the bulk of a billion quid. On oh, that at site. least. At sell least. That, sell that prime location off, right? and move into an industrial move, state. Dublin 4 and oil. Dublin 4. Most pretext. Move out to a dust estate like where Virgin Media are in Ballymount, right? Get rid of all the deadwood. Get rid of all... Get rid of... I, I, no, no, hang on. When you're, talking about, when you're talking about the deadwood, you're talking about staff. You know, there's, know, a lot of, there's a lot of ordinary everyday staff out there on the average wage. You know what I mean? You, and I'm sorry. I'm you, sorry you, you know what you want? You want mass unemployment Who's there. Paying? Who's paying their wage? I am. You are. Um, that last lady there. And all the other colleagues, we're paying their way. So I should be able to dictate what way my money is spent because I pay my license fee every year. I should be able to say, listen, you're not doing your job. Goodbye. Simple as that. I, like you mentioned digital radio. Now, I know about digital radio. Like, I don't have one. I don't listen to it. But Very I few people it. do. I don't see the purpose of it anymore. Point, probably about 5%. So if there's 20 people there, you simply bring them in and say, lads, listen, sorry about this. It's not, not working. Yet. Turn off the digital transmitter. Yeah. Tina G, sorry lads, um, there's 200,000 people in the West. Um, we're turning her off. Or, you give, the, as you mentioned, uh, if they really feel that um, much about Tina G, let them pay. Let them pay two or three quid a month for it. And let them see that content then if they want. Reduce the staff down. The, the thing with RTA is it's way, way, way overstaffed. Now. I, I pick people up, I bring people in RTA and I pick them up all the time. And the waste that you see on taxi journeys is just unbelievable now. It's absolutely unbelievable. But that the first thing they should do is simply that is the minister should fire the entire board, every single one of them, new board, new start, sell off the campus, put them out in industrial estate out in the back arse of, of Stillorgan or whatever and say, and do it on a shoestring budget, which they could do. And I guarantee you now, if they cut the cloth, they could certainly fit that measure. Like, stay, okay, well, well, okay, we'll stay, well, okay, we'll stay there for a second. Stay there for a second. Let me just go to Eamon as well. Eamon, how are you doing? You're on the Live Bowling Podcast. I oh, know, not too bad. Is now, this live it is or what? Sorry? Is this podcast live is it or Oh, it is indeed live, it? yeah. Okay, okay. How's it going? Um, <laughs> oh, we're starting again, so are we? Tell me to do it again. How are you doing, Eamon? You're on the Nile Boiling Podcast. How are you? <laughs> not too bad, no. Great to be here. Good. Eamon, do you believe RT is fit for purpose? Absolutely not. Right, okay. Why not? And, I mean, 
Well, apart from the yeah, obvious, there is, apart from yeah. the obvious of yeah, the no, last five I mean, days. Yeah, look, I mean, go back the last five, ten years. We had, you know, the, remember the Republic of Telly? I do, yeah. That was on. That was great TV. We had Love Hate. That was great TV. We had, do you remember um, Living the Wildlife? Yeah. That show was years Kin. years I loved Kim now. there. Kim yeah, recently. Get, get, yeah. Right. Get him back on RT. Mind you, I, they're, 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 all, they're all outside productions which RT pay for, by the way. RT don't make them. Oh, yeah? Yeah. yeah. Well, they should. Yeah. I mean, remember Love Hate? Yeah. Like, when did they stop making this good TV that you'd actually sit down and watch? Like, I, I can't remember the last time I sat down and watched an actual program on RT. Mm. It's a load of shit. Waffle, if you ask me to be honest with you. I mean, they've stopped making good TV. They're paying all the boys, you know, far too much money. And yeah, it doesn't make much sense to me, to be honest with you. you know? See, they don't have the money to, you know what, the stuff you might see on, Net on Netflix and what have you, right? Which is, you know, obviously taking over TV world at the moment. And, you know, all the Prime stuff that you see and the Disney Plus and uh, RT don't have the money to do any of those kind of productions. And they never will. Because they rely on the license fee of, you know, 5 million people, which is, what is it, about 3,000 households or 2,000 households? I've, I've never paid a license fee ever, and I never will. And why, and have you got away with it? <laughs> I have, yeah. No one's come to my door. Right, okay, well, they obviously don't know where you live or you have a telly. I remember, I remember years ago they used to have that whole thing. Remember, the TV license inspector is in your area, and they had the van with the radar on the roof. Do you remember that? Oh, God, yeah, come yeah, off that. I mean, yeah. yeah by the way, can I just say, that was a con. There was there was never a van with a radar on the roof that we could, that knew if you had a television. It was some bloke looking in your window. That's how they knew you had a telly. But anyway, the, the point is, a lot of people have evaded the license fee, and I can see that problem becoming bigger now uh, because a lot of people are very upset and don't want to pay the license fee over what's going on at the moment. That's going to make matters worse. I can see sponsors pulling out because of what's happening at the moment. So it can only go from bad to worse. And RT are not going to be able to turn around and say, we want a license increase because people would tell them to piss off right at this stage and they're not going to be able to ask the government for money either so they're in serious financial trouble now but they have they have a solution pay the staff less money i mean your man that cfo saying oh i can't disclose the mom but yeah he's on 220 or whatever promote. yeah plus 25k car loans ridiculous yeah and yeah that's only one that's only one whatever cfo there's obviously a number of guys at the c suite oh there's probably a payroll yeah there's salaries. probably someone who does payroll oh, somebody yeah. else an accountant yeah exactly yeah, yeah. But, the fact that Niall, Tober Niall Toberty, sorry, Ryan Toberty was paid, what, that 350 grand over however many years, on top of what he was already on. There's no excuse for that. There's no justification for paying that money. I mean, what country in the world is going to, like, imagine Russia picking up the phone and going, hi, hi Ryan, we want you to come over and present, I don't know, fucking Russia today or something like that. That's not going to happen. Mm. No country is looking at RTE and, think, and thinking, oh, we need to poll Jim, let's get him on board. And then RTE's there saying, oh, no, we have to pay him extra money to keep him. No one's doing that. No yeah, one. Yeah, this Can idea, you mean, yeah, well, you're right. That came up on the Public Accounts Committee. This idea yeah. that he was going to be poached by, you know, I don't know, News Talk or somebody else is a nonsense because nobody was offering him a job anywhere because nobody could afford to pay that kind of money. No, it's ridiculous. I mean, I think it's just someone in RTE trying to, you know, blow themselves up by saying, oh, we kept Ryan Tuberty around for years. We're paying this amount of money and, you know, getting off it or something. It makes no sense. Like, but I mean, that, acor well, according to the well, according to the Sunday Independent poll, and you know, people were asked who they blamed for all of this. Yeah, very few people blamed Ryan T Ryan Tuberty. I and, don't blame him at all. No, no, they blamed the executive and the board, and they blamed everything but Ryan Tuberty. Yeah, well, I mean, seventy-three percent of the people believe RT executive board are uh, bear the whole responsibility for the secret payments. Seven percent blame Tuberty himself, and four percent uh, blame his agent Noel Kelly. 
Yeah, to be fair, look, a small bit of the blame has to come from your man Ryan. He was obviously aware that... Of course he was aware. That's you know, stupid. His colleagues were getting paid Less. grains of rice. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And he was getting paid all this money. You know, it's hard to say no to that sort of money at the same time. But, yeah. I mean, you can't argue that Ryan Tuberty was, wasn't greedy to accept that. James, you, by the way, James, do you believe Ryan should come back to RTE? Should what? Sorry, Niall? Do you believe Ryan Tuberty will come back to RTE? Do you think he should come back? Uh, I think they'll, they will rehabilitate him over the next couple of months. I think he'll disappear now, probably for the summer. They'll introduce him probably a day here, a day there, try and make everything out to be all fluffy and light. He'll have to They'll do an interview. Salary. He'll have to no, do an interview. He should come back. I he don't come ever back think that he should uh, grace RTE again. It's going to be difficult, as I said the other day, it's going to be difficult for him to sit in the RTE canteen with all the staff that he was in this together with um, when he didn't really take the pay cut. He says he did, but he didn't really because he got a top up. Um, I, la- it's going to be hard. The last time I, 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 I met him was a couple of months ago. Mm. Um, I collected him and he was going to pick up his car that I just did service. And um, we were just chatting away, like, you know what I mean? And I kind of ambushed him a bit because I said to him, I said to him, um, you uh, keep going on about climate change and blah, 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 blah. And I said, what type of car are you driving? And he wouldn't answer me because I already knew the answer. And um, he's like, oh, yeah, well, uh, I, I'm looking at this new car and I'm thinking of changing to an EV. He drives a 1997 Jag 4.2 litre engine. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't know that. (laughs) But you can't really go out about climate change when you're driving a 4.2 litre engine. I am busted, and the reason why I knew that he drove it, I didn't know. Three days previous to, I was sitting at the traffic lights when I seen him driving Elvar to here ten past nine in the morning. So I knew he saw. I knew it. And when I ambushed him, and he, he couldn't answer Sounds me. like a nice car, by the way. <laughs> really, really. Now, as you said, Niall, he's a nice guy. He is he's a, a nice guy. He's a very nice guy to me. He's extremely two-faced, though. Like a lot of people, he can be extremely two-faced. So he'd be nice to you, but I can guarantee you one thing. He might be nice to your face, but I'm sure if he turns around, he wouldn't think quick about stabbing you in the back. Like well, I, well, I don't know, and I would hope not. Uh, uh, let me just go to Neem as well. Um, thank you, James. Thank you, Eamon. Let me just go to Neem. Neem, how are you doing? Good morning, how are you? Good. Uh, great show. And I think you absolutely nailed it on the COVID aspect of what RT were doing. But you're dead right. They are completely and have been very unfit for a long time. Uh, considering when uh, we've been jailing people for not paying fees, and this is the kind of carry-on they were doing with that money. It's actually a national... Yeah, well, uh, by the way, I've always said the idea of jailing somebody for not paying a television license is ridiculous. And by the way, yeah, com- a complete waste of money getting guards to collect somebody from their house, bring them to Mountjoy Jail for the afternoon, like a day trip, and then bring them back home again just so you have a conviction. It just seems bonkers. It's probably a waste. I mean, how much does it yeah. cost for two guards, a car and everything else? It's just a waste of taxpayers' money. Yeah, absolutely. And it just doesn't seem to get... It, we, we haven't touched on on half of this. Like they, They're focusing on one guy, which is Ryan Tuberty. How that guy can sleep at night is beyond me. Why do you? Why do you think it was greed? Do you think it was greed? Uh, yeah, I, like he he knew that people like the less earners. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm sure there's about eighty percent of people that work in RTE are on a normal wage and they work their heart and soul out because that's what they are. They're journalists. They're TV researchers. They're people that run the lighting rigs right down to the guy that sweeps the floor. They love what they do. And they took a wage cut while that guy sat with them going, it's terrible, it's terrible. And he was getting 350 grand in the back pocket. Oh, well, 345 for the space of, yeah, between 2019. 75,000, yeah. roughly, well, extra. Even at the yeah. time, it, it was a substantial amount of money. It was. Well, well, in other words, you're right. His wages weren't being affected at that time. Yeah, at no. that time. And that's, 
that and like that only kind of goes to saying like it, it, to be honest, it's it's become a very biased place to, as a broadcaster. It's very government propaganda based as well as everything. So you don't believe you don't believe they challenge the government enough. No, I don't. Like I, like Prime Time Investigates was a great program. It used to do brilliant things, and then all of a sudden it just died. It doesn't ask the questions that people want to know. What's going on? Like, no, I, I, will, I will agree with somebody said that earlier on, it's not as good as it used to be. I think it was Denise, I can't remember, said it earlier on. And, and I would agree, it's not as good as it used to be. It was better, Primetime. It, it, it comes across like they're not allowed. I think, I think when David McCullough left Primetime Investigates, I think it, it, the standard of it dropped, to be honest with you. I thought he was very good on it, you know? Yeah, absolutely. He's a great journalist. And he, like, he's great doing the news. He does get the odd chance to get the teeth into them when they're in the, in the, sitting on the chair beside them. But you, you can tell he's getting it in the earpiece going, back off, back off. You know, Probably. Back off or they'll never yeah, come on again. <laughs> we, we won't get that increase. They're not getting it now. Absolutely not. And I agree with that guy that came on and he said that a whole top tier should be sacked. Simple as that. And they should be sacked without pensions and bonuses. Not like Fingleton and the rest of them that got away with this. And your one D Forbes, she should be dragged by two guards into that Oroctus meeting. Well, uh, well, I know her own statement says she's unwell at the moment and she's been treated badly by RTE. Um, she shouldn't. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, and Siona or Siona Nirali was asked why she accepted her resignation three days before the Oroctus committee. They shouldn't have accepted her resignation. No, they should have held her accountable, and the whole lot of them need to be held accountable. You know, yeah, and like there's hundreds of guys. That, well, they, well, they are know, because I, I got to tell you now, breaking news right now as we speak. Catherine Martin has just made a public statement where she says, uh, the, Rev, "The Minister for Communications, the revelations have been shattering and have been a front to the public broadcasting staff and public have lost trust, and this must be restored." I'm publishing the terms of reference for RTE. We're going to broaden the scope. In other words, the scope of the investigation is going to be broadened, not just into Ryan Tuberty, not just into the executive, but into everybody else, including other presenters who may be sitting in the studio at Bowls of Harridge getting extra money. Um, and she also says, review into RTE will have two parallel components, one into governance and culture, and the other into contractors, fees, and HR. Here's the other thing as well that's going to happen in RTE. This idea that they will be self-employed um, I think is probably going to have to go. They call it the bogus self-employed. Um, is going to have yeah. to go. Um, you know, because you can't cap the wages of contractors. You can cap the wages no. of, of public servants, you know, of, of which is what they are. Yeah. But you can't cap the wages of contractors. So to bring them all into line, the top 10 presenters are going to have to be employees. Yes. Well, they should have been all along. They should never have been given that free reign. And like having an agent that can negotiate such exorbitant fees. That has to stop when too. Like, yeah, negotiating to agents where you're next to 15 or 20% has been paid is nonsense. Yeah, absolutely. Like he's making commission for what? Mm. You know, money for old ropes, they say. <laughs> yeah, sorry, well, hang on. Well, hang on, Neem. Stay there for a second because I'm going to come to Steve in a minute, but I want to go to Billy first. Billy, how are you doing? Hey, you know, how are you doing? Good, Billy. Um, I I know you were you were kind of uh, wanted to kind of reiterate, I suppose, what you were saying and what a lot of people are saying today. But do do you think you know we need a national uh, broadcaster, public service broadcaster? Uh, I do. I do think we need a national public service broadcaster, and yes, mm-hmm. um, I think it. In terms of the service that it provides, as you've already mentioned, prime time, maybe the quality's gone down over time, but prime time, RTE one for news, things like that. Those are core parts of. What, you know, what a bit, Billy. Democracy should. Happen. I I would agree with you to some point. 
And I do, I do believe, by the way, the news have done a sterling job this week investigating themselves, right? And, yeah. and, and they were feisty about it because they were all affected by it. And I'd say there's a passion and for it too. They're all, they're all pissed off about it. Absolutely. You can, it, see that, you can see that it, in David McCullough's face. All right, this, but... This whole, this whole scandal has put them, the news, the news people, the real journalists in RT, it's put them under a microscope that they don't really deserve to be under. Like that, that top 10 of presenters but isn't, it, but isn't it an awful shame, Billy, that they didn't have that same passion on the news over the years in relation to other issues? You know, politicians with private proper, or, uh, properties, on board Planala, COVID-19, all those others. It, it, people don't believe they have that same passion and robustness when it came to challenging those issues. No, they've always reported on them. Well, they've reported no, on if them. You go, if, you go back, if you go back to the Mahan tribun Tribunal and the other tribunals that happened in the country, the, the, doc the documentary that was made in 2002 about the uh, hepatitis A scandal that had a knock-on effect on the general election of that year. Mm. You know, they've, they've constantly gone after politicians. Um, there's, uh, I've heard it referenced a couple of times. Is it, is it Mary Wilson who's the, the interviewer? Oh yes, yes, I remember. Scared. Yeah, yeah. Politicians were scared to go in and deal with Marilyn because she would not. She was like a dog with a bone with them. She would tear them to bits. Yeah, Pat, Pat so, Kenny was good when he was on RT, by the way, too at the time. He was. Yeah. But the, the issue, the issue here, Niall, is this this myth that RTE has built up around the talent, as as they've been referred to, that if they don't pay them, the talent will go away. Where the hell are they going to go? But this this is you the know, silly argument. I mean, because I can tell you, nobody with the the only event like that that ever happened was News Talk hiring Pat Kenny, and they must have had yeah. deep pockets to do that. Um, and, and and Ray Darcy going back from from Today FM to to RTE oh, gee, for ridiculous for a ridiculous amount of money, by the way. Can I point three, you? Three three hundred three hundred. Well, it was initially it was over five hundred because he was doing that ridiculous TV show that flopped. Anyway, yeah. So here's, but, no, but here's the thing: the nobody thing in the independent sector is going to pay Ryan Tuberty five hundred thousand no, or four hundred thousand no, 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 or Joe Duffy three hundred and thirty or whatever if, it is. If, if if people like Ryan Tuberty and Joe Duffy start asking for that type of money, they should be allowed go because, as you said, there's an independent sector out there that has talent in the independent sector, and let them go into the national broadcaster and refresh things every. Couple okay, years. do you do you believe their wages? And Ronan Mullen, Senator Ronan Mullen, says their wages should be capped at one hundred and ninety-five. Um, Two hundred. <sighs> I'm after, I, I, so just when I was waiting or not, I looked at, the, at what the top 10 make. So the top 10 collectively make just under 3 million a year. Wow, it's right? a lot of money, yeah. It, 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 it is, but when you, when you think about it, it's, it's not on the, in the greater scheme of things. When, you, when you're not going to compare it, to the, you can't compare it to the BBC. It's a different kettle no, of fish. No, you, you, you can't. And I, I think the closest comparison would be your man Stephen Nolan in the North, who, you know, he's in the BBC top five earners on about £400,000. Yeah. But, you know... But, but he does a lot of work for that. Now, my, he's he on the radio every day and he's on... Um, a TV show as well at night. Yeah, most, and then he does, doesn't he do something on Five Live as well, I think. I think he does. He does, he does. Yeah. So he's, he's, a, he's a busy man. He, he's kept going. So does a lot more than Van Tuberty did with his hour a day and three yeah. hours on a Friday night. Yeah. But, um, no, I, I think this, this whole thing, this is going to lead to the biggest change and shake-up in media in Ireland in probably 50 or 60 years. I can see the likes of RTE2 and 2FM either being folded or sold off. So I, I don't see them... I, 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 I see no reason why 2FM should still be currently under the, the National Broadcast Service because 
it's a youth station which is competing yep. with, say, iRadio, Spin FM, and a few others. Yet they have the backing of the state and they have the money of the state, which is exactly. really unfair and really wrong. They should be able to survive on their own advertising. When 2FM was created back in the day, when pirate radio was still a big thing, it was to, to do away with the pirate radio. Now it's, it's, you know, there's a lot of independent licensed radio stations, so it's pointless. Let it go. And the, 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 the Nepo baby that was mentioned there earlier on, maybe she can find a job in the real world then instead of, uh, you know, working on, a, working on a family name and dancing with the canteen. Yeah. Um, but now it, it will lead to a big shake-up. It will lead to massive changes in there. And it's, it's not the, the top okay. 10 or even the top 100 earners I feel bad for. It's the, 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 run, it's, it's the, the workers. It's the... Yeah. The hard-working the people of RTE. Yeah, it's the researchers. It's 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 those people that are getting affected here more so. And I I would support them being a protesting outside uh, outside Montrose because you know what's going on with them has been disgraceful. They've really okay. We'll, we'll, stay, we'll stay there. Neem and Billy, just stay with me for a second. Let me go to Steve. Steve, how are you doing? You're on the Bottom Podcast. Good afternoon, Niall. How are you? Good afternoon, Steve. So, um, look, what I'll do is I will tackle the question. Is RTE fit for purpose? Now, several of your guests have come on today um, who have displayed that they don't like RTE very much. Fair enough. And I get that, I understand. Um, but even though they said that, they said that the TV shows that they produce are quite good. Now, we've you talked about sports. Uh, you know, they, they, they produce sports. They produce um, movies, documentaries, all these type of things, which people seem to really, really enjoy but at the same time, they're still going, oh, Jesus, RTE, they're the biggest bad bastards under the sun. And I'm trying to figure out why the outrage here? Why have we all decided? Because let me ask a question, actually, uh, first of all. People are saying that it was a secret payment. Yeah. Was there a paper trail of, uh, for this money? There was. Of course there was. So how is it a secret payment? Because it was, it was concealed. Okay. Trail? Well, okay. Let's clarify that. Every year, RTE must publish the salaries and any mm -hmm. money that the presenters get, or the staff in general, by the way. You can find mm -hmm. out how much any member of staff of an RTEs or yeah. any job in the public sector, you're entitled to know how much because it's taxpayers' money. But they didn't yeah. publish the amount including those payments. They concealed those payments as an expense. Okay, okay. Yeah. So what you're basically and they, By the way, by their own admission, they admitted they concealed the payments. So he, he got a bit of a sweetheart deal because he was taking a cut in his payment. Yeah. And the way to make up from that was outside payments from a different well, advertiser source. or whoever yes. it was. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Source. And RTE would make up the difference, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And if the, so, sor and if the yeah. source decided not to pay, which they did decide not to pay because we went into COVID, uh, RTE okay. underwrote the payment. So they said, look, don't worry about it. If they don't pay it, we'll give it to you on the side anyway. Okay. So where's the secrecy? Well, that's secrecy. You can't do that that's with public money. No, 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 hang on. You can't, on you can't put down hold on an second, invoice Niall. COVID consultancy when it actually wasn't COVID consultancy. You can, you can and they did. That's a lie. They, what, they've what, admitted whatever, they lied. Whatever nonsense it's, it's you actually, want to do It's not even today. a lie. It's fraud. Steve, it's fraud. Well, it's, well, it's actually, the, the Taoiseach, to clarify, the Taoiseach said he oh. doesn't know, but it could be on the wrong side of the law. Yes. It, it is under, it, it pretty much is now because that agent was invoiced for a service COVID, COVID consultancy, which he did not provide and the money that was paid for that invoice for a COVID consultancy was redirected to Ryan Tupperty. That is fraud. 
there's no other way of looking at it. That well, we'll, we'll let the Garda Shia Connor or we'll let whoever it is investigate yeah, that matter. Absolutely. Well, whether that's I, I what it is or not. And I, I'm I not suggesting for, but I want to clarify that session for a minute, Ryan Turbity was involved in that. You, you're, you're not, you're not suggesting, Niall, but I would be, on, I would be very surprised. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on a second. What you're doing is you're suggesting fraud. Now, are you the first person to do that, or has this been splashed across the media? Has anybody spoken? Well, yes. Now, Matty McGrath mentioned this. He wanted to bring the guards in straight away. The Taoiseach of the country suggested that some of the payments could have been on the wrong side of the law. That was the quote he used. Okay, and who can we point? Who can we point the finger at in this situation? The board. Okay, so just there has to be one person who made the decision who signed off. Well, 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 well we, 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 you know, there was there seems to be multiple people who were aware of these payments, but they all kind of said nothing. So you've got you've got the general director of RTG Forbes, you've got the financial controller who would have had the invoice land on his desk. You know, you've got No Kelly who would have given the invoice to RTE or the invoices. So there's a lot of people involved. What's the point you're trying to make, Steve? So, so the, the, the point that I'm trying to make is. That winches are all throwing figures around and outraged by what happened here. It has transpired thus far that there has been no laws broken. It has transpired that it is not secret because it, there is a. Well, no, well, hang on. Whether, so, whether, whether, well, hang on. Whether or not a law, sorry, Billy, hang on. Whether or not a law has been broken or not, and we leave that uh, to an inquiry and investigation indeed if the Garda Khan are notified in relation to that. So, whether a law has been mm-hmm. broken or not is irrelevant. When you're dealing with taxpayers' money, you must be fully transparent about everything you are doing. It's not your money. There was a paper this is not. This is. This is not. You know, an independent radio station. There was a paper. There was a paper. But trail but there was yeah. But there was clearly deception in the paper trail because that's not what the money was for. Isn't that the point being made? Regardless, regardless whether you think that would you think there was deception. I don't think there was deception. I know there, there was, was deception. Whatever, by their own admission. Any of your callers want to say today whatever they want to say. There, it has been proven what has happened, and there is a paper trail. In my eyes, it, it looked like it wasn't even a case that they thought, they were, oh, we'll just get away with this. It was just how things were done. Now, I'm not saying that's... And I would thing. agree with what you. I'm agreeing with you. It's just how things were done, but things shouldn't be done like that in a public broadcaster. But saying, uh, okay, but saying uh, that's which is how things were point. done, that, that indicates that this is a systemic problem within an organisation that absolutely. receives public, which receives public funding. And as such, mm-hmm. it should be investigated and the people responsible for making these decisions and lying to the public yes. and lying to the Oireachtas on an annual well, basis for, second, at, least, hold on for at least the last three years when they were making statements around the top 10 earners when they knew for a fact that one of those top 10 earners had a sweetheart deal which they uh, obscured and held back from the public inquiries. Do you know what? I, I just, I'm going to use these words. I'm sorry, but this is just bollocks. This is what, whatever is going on here, with whatever weird distraction tactic is happening, um, we're all supposed to be concentrating on this tiny, know-nothing story. This, this is a story... But, but it's not... Back Steve, back you're minimising what... Hang on, it's not... Now, don't get me wrong. I don't disagree with you that it's become a huge story that's distracting from a lot of really important issues in the country, and I'm not going to disagree with that. But it is a big story. It's the national it's broadcaster of the country. Hang on, which is being run badly, which is overpaying people, clearly. Um, there's obviously mm-hmm. skullduggery going on in the background when it comes to invoices, which is quite clear. And not only mm-hmm. that, now, I'm just looking at... Um, 
uh, Gavin Riley's tweets, obviously, because the uh, the Minister of Communications has made a statement. And he's also said, Minister Martin announces that the intention to appoint a forensic accountant to examine the mm-hmm. accounts of RTE. The accountant will first look at barter accounts to try to identify any other accounts which may be held by RTE's balance sheet. I mean, this is madness, Steve. You have to understand the complexities of this. You're not listening, really, are you? Uh, no, I, you're not. Yeah, you're not listening. Me. You know, you don't have I your listening ears on today. It's my fault. I'm. I'm not listening, and it's. It's all down to me. No, Niall, would you open your bleeding ears and hear what, what I'm trying to say to you? You can read out as many stats and figures as you want. I am going to tell you now that the vast majority of people in this country do not give a fiddler's about what's actually happening in RTE or Ryan Turbidy or any of that crapology. They want to know that their money is being well spent. Sure, but we don't want it rammed down our throat every two goddamn seconds for a story that is overblown nonsense. Okay, well, well, well okay, to be fair, Billy, do you believe this story is completely, as he puts it, overblown? No, I don't believe it's completely overblown. All I think this is a is a matter of of great importance given what RTE's remit within the state is that it is the national broadcaster. It is a publicly funded body. I would expect the same rigor if we found out that someone in EIE was being paid in a similar way. Like this, this is this is important in in the fact that it's public money and it has been misused. It is. Put it on page four. Okay, well, let let me let me read out some of the comments we're getting into the show because I'm going to wrap it up in a second. But it says, "Hi, Niall. I'm listening to these greedy stars and I'm furious. I work in a hospital as a hospital manager uh, of over 300 patients, and I'm just about to start one of my three 13-hour shifts. I walk about 20 miles a shift uh, on my feet and work so hard, hard for all for nothing. This has to stop. I mean, that's the, that's the sort of stuff that's coming well, in. That's from Elaine on WhatsApp. And I'm, I'm looking, you know, people are working in the public sector and they're watching and they're listening to these people. You know, I mean, for example, everybody in the public sector, including staff of RT, all took a 15% pay cut during COVID. They took a 15% pay cut because RT was in financial crisis before COVID. And yet, when Ryan Tuberty was asked to take a pay cut, as verified by the Oireachtas Committee, he resisted that oh, pay cut blah, blah, and wanted this, and want his agent procured a sweet little deal for him, okay? So the forensic account yeah. is coming in to look at the barter accounts according to the minister, and I have all the details of that there. I won't go into it all for you there at the moment. Some of the comments coming in. Um, let me see. Uh, Maureen O'Leary says, Tuberty got well paid to push Pfizer on the Late Late Show. It was just a part of I don't know he was being pushing Pfizer, but certainly a lot of people who are anti-vax, I suppose, wouldn't have been too happy with his stance on it. Oliver Hennessy says, uh, RTE is red rotten like the corrupt government. Our money is being wasted left, right and centre. Barbara says, it's immoral. Matty is a hero. Matty McGraw, obviously. Uh, they need to be capped if they are so, so talented and so good. Uh, we'll uh, let them go and create their own shows at their own expense if that's what they want to do. Tom says, RTE is pretty much dead. How many people really watch it anymore? And with the vast amount of on-demand streaming services available now and news is now at your fingertips. That's a good point as well, Steve. I mean, it's not not as important as it used to be. The big scheme of things. You do this really well. You'll read out 100 messages asking 100 questions and then expect me to remember any of the bleeding things. All I can remember from what just you just read out there is Eileen, you know, who has to walk a hard job. What I would say to someone like Eileen, not particularly her, but someone like Eileen, if you look at these big stars with their inflated wages, 
and you're working a hard job and it sucks to be you. Tough shit. If you want to be a big star, you want to earn that money, nothing's stopping you. Nothing's stopping you from doing what they've done. Get off your arse well, and do something about In the case of Ryan Tuberty, Steve, let's remember that his, Nepotism his grandfather and blah, blah, was, blah, blah. was director general yes. of, of RTE, RTE back in the 1960s. RTE is not the only media outlet in this country, so there's plenty of opportunity. Yeah, but you, can't, yeah, but you, can't, have, you can't have that kind of nepotism either. You've got Lottie Ryan working there, by the way, and only going back a few years ago, I think the Irish Independent, one of the stories uh, when the, the ratings came out was, because she was on in the morning and yeah. she had like a thousand listeners, and the heading was headline was not a lot of listeners so I mean yeah, no, that, that wouldn't last an independent an independent sector if you're not getting the listeners you're out of a job that has nothing to do with the point that I just made. If this woman wants to be successful, instead of looking at these people in jealousy and giving out and complaining and moaning and being miserable about her own life, do something about it. It's not somebody else's fault that they're wealthy and successful. All right, on that note, listen, Billy, thank you very much indeed. And by the way, well Here's done, Billy, that. last night on your debut as a oh, talk show host. Listen, if you ever want me to sit in for you again, I'm happy to do. <laughs> thank you very much indeed. I appreciate it. Ah. Billy, Steve, thank you to everybody. And just to mention as well that um, I'm just looking at some of the tweets coming in in relation to free speech, which was also discussed today as well, by the way, in the Iraq to say, you have uh, free speech, Ireland says, you have sought to reassure us. They're talking about Jerry Crogwell, by the way, the senator. He said, you've sought to reassure us. And I'm far from reassured. Instead, I'm more fearful now than I ever was. This is in relation to the hate speech bill, uh, which has gone to the second stage and will go to the president to be signed before the end of the year. Uh, and all of you, I encourage you all uh, to write to the president. I don't mean any hatred or anything like that, but write to the president and encourage him uh, not to sign this piece of legislation and to send it to the Supreme Court because I don't believe this legislation is constitutional. Uh, I don't believe it gives you your right to freedom of expression and I don't believe this legislation treats you as an innocent person until the presumption or presumption of innocence until proven guilty and that's what our constitution says. This piece of legislation, the hate speech bill, goes against all of that to satisfy overpaid NGOs which will be the next investigation in this country. I guarantee you, there are NGOs, more NGOs in this country probably than any other country in the world per head of population. NGOs that represent minorities, some of them doing some good work, but paid a tremendous amount of money and probably squandering it and wasting it. And the government basically produces legislation based on the cries of NGOs. And that will be the next investigation in this country. Mark my words. You can say Niall Boyle and predict to that one, by the way. Um, loads and loads of texts, by the way, coming in. Maria says on WhatsApp, <coughs> she's hopping mad. Tubbs has uh, finished for the foreseeable future. The talent salaries will be cut and RT executive in its current makeup are done for. I'd say RT2 and 2FM are likely done too and uh, maybe spun off. This is the crisis for RTE, but an opportunity for Ireland, says Billy. Uh, hi, Niall. I'm listening to this RTE debacle for the last week, which coincided with the disgraceful publishing of the Tussler report. The government are delighted with RTE at this moment for taking the limelight off this despicable abuse that is going on our children's care facilities. Actually, we did cover that report during the week, by the way, so don't say we ignored it. No doubt it would make for good headlines. If ever until the, the summer re, their, their summer recess. I'm hopping mad, says Maria. Maria, you are right. It did distract away from what was a huge story, which we did cover, by the way, last week. Anyway, don't forget, if you want to listen to this show, you can. You can download it a little bit later on from all your usual download platforms or from nileboylan.com. If you have any suggestions or stuff you want us to do, all you got to do is text us at 85 And um, don't forget to subscribe. Uh, I shall talk to you again tomorrow at 12. Until then, have a great day. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Podcast. 
Listen live on Facebook, YouTube, and all the usual live stream services. To get in touch, just WhatsApp or text 085-100-2255. The Nile Boylan Podcast. They told me to shut up. Available for download from all your usual platforms.